0: Hello internet and welcome back to the story nook. And today we are going to be reading some revenge stories. Our first story today comes from the Pro Revenge subreddit. So go ahead and get your tea, your coffee, your cocoa, whatever it is you want to drink and join me for this episode. And also my cat is here with me. So if you hear any odd sounds or purring, That is him being adorable and messing with all of my things. But our first story today comes from 327nova, which is hilarious because my cat is named Nova and he's here with me. So adorable right now to me. The title, my cousin stole loads of jewelry, so I stole his inheritance. I am going to love this already. I can already tell. I do not speak lawyer, so please forgive me. <laughs> I don't think anyone but a lawyer speaks lawyer, so you are very well forgiven, because I am also not a lawyer. Backstory. 25 years ago, my aunt passed away when I was a baby, leaving my two cousins, who were both in their early 20s, alone to fend for themselves. My grandparents, who were very wealthy, put a clause in their will that grandkids will receive half of their share of the inheritance if a parent passes before the ch- reach age 30, and the other half when my grandparents eventually passed. Both my cousins received a very sizable inheritance coupled with the money they got from selling my aunt's house. The younger of the two paid off her college loans and was able to buy property. She still lives on the same plot of land. The older sibling blew all of his money Straight out of a book of the Bible, within six years, he was back to living in a condo working as a police officer. Everyone in our small family knew he had a substance issue, so he was barely making ends meet with his officer salary and buying copious amounts of drugs. I mean, he's a police officer. He can't just take it from the evidence room. Well, I guess not. That stuff's accounted for. But... Well, not, not, not exactly the best thing to be a police officer and be addicted to the drug Just saying. It seems kind of contradictory. The next four years, my cousin went to rehab three times, sponsored by my grandparents. He sobered up after getting his girlfriend, now wife, pregnant, absolutely wretched woman, she saw my grandparents' payday and essentially baby-trapped my cousin, thinking it was her ticket. Within seven years, they had three kids, so she is locked in tight. She's a nurse, and with three kids around, they always needed a little boost. Guess who they would always ask? You got it, my grandparents. Being the kind spirits they are, they always lended a hand. My father, mother, sister, and I got sick of it very quickly. I mean, I would, too. I have relatives who always need help or always calling needing a favor almost always needing money in particular so yeah i feel your pain i understand why you got sick of it so quickly The grandparents are just like this is my grandbaby i must help and protect them and try to give them a better life even though sometimes it's just like if you cut the cord on the life preserver you gave them they might actually learn how to swim but i'm ranting my grandparents unfortunately passed away when I was 17. My grandmother, sorry, I read that as parents, but my grandmother unfortunately passed away when I was 17, leaving my grandpa at the at the last remaining. I was undoubtedly my grandparent, father's favorite among the grandkids, which left a real sore spot in the mouth of my cousin and his wife. I had two more years at home before college, so I lived with my grandpa to keep him company and help take care of him. My cousin and his wife, hated this so much so that whenever they came to visit and i was not home they would send their three gremlins into my room to destroy it my room had double doors so it couldn't be locked this was the start the longer i lived there the more they would mess with me my cousin even went as far as to place one of those little mechanical noisemakers in the cabinet in my room the ones that play sounds at random intervals that make you think you're insane Thankfully, my German shepherd would always hear it, and after a week or so, she finally found it. They did this to distance me and deter me from taking care of Grandpa so they could swoop in and be the heroes. This continued until one of the kids found my gun. By this time, I was 18 and in the possession of a firearm. I use quotations because my grandfather has guns but cannot aim and shoot them anymore due to arthritis and nerve nerve degeneration. So when I moved in, he placed all the the weapons in my hands should the need of any self-defense arise. But should he see them out for any reason other than cleaning, there would be hell to raise. Being very well trained with guns and having a sense of pride in defending my home, I took this responsibility very seriously. I always kept a handgun in a locked container in my nightstand with the key on a high shelf out of reach of the gremlins. One fateful day, I am out getting my grandfather food when I come home and my older cousin, his wife, and my grandfather are staring at the, a gun on the table. It was my gun that I kept in the lockbox. It was loaded and it had a bullet chamber. <coughs> mm. I always kept a magazine in the lockbox, whenever so loaded Into the gun. The lockbox was nowhere to be seen. My cousin claimed one of the children found the gun and was playing with it. I was 100% certain that he either found the key or broke the lockbox open to get to it and load it. As a six year old would not be able to reach a key I could barely grab, figure out what it was to load my gun, and chamber it. I tried my best to explain what my cousin had said was bullshit, but that I never kept my firearms loaded in the house, but my cousin, who was a cop, scolded me on gun safety and threatened to have me arrested if I didn't leave and hadn't arrested me yet because we're family. I was asked to collect my belongings and go back to my parents. My cousin had one, or so he saw. Let's wreck cousin's life. The next day, I apologized to grandpa and explained to him. There was no way one of the kids could have gotten the key. He agreed with me, and he apologized, but he thought it best I moved out until things cooled down, but once they do, I would be welcomed back home. Our relationship was a little fractured due to disinformation provided by my cousin. A month later, my grandfather died of a heart attack at 86. I was devastated. I was just beginning to get back into the rhythm with him and rebuilding the trust that was somewhat shattered. To this day, I am still unsure what kind of man he saw me as due to my cousin. Immediately, my cousin and his wife began sucking up to my dad as they had sealed payday with Grandpa. It was time to move on to the uncle. This persisted for a month or two. I wouldn't stand for it. Then came time for the will. My grandfather's lawyer read out the will to me, my father, mother, and sister in our home. Our two cousins would be briefed individually on their share of the estate per my grandparents request then the miracle line in the will comes to fruition if anyone attempts to claim any part of the estate that is not assigned to them they will forfeit any assets they are supposed to receive and will be divided equally among the remaining family members this was basically their way of saying if you try to claim more than you're given you get nothing my father is supposed to receive every piece of physical property Aside from two or three items he set aside for me from my grandparents as he's the only remaining child. The revenge. I hatched my plan. I called my cousin and told him all of grandma's jewelry was to be donated to a charity auction. Grandma's collection of gems and medals was extensive to say the least. So a charity event wouldn't care if a few pieces didn't make it, right? It was a lore of gargantuan. Per- portions that my greedy bastard of a cousin could not resist he bit right on it and headed over to my grandparents house ASAP determined to snatch up as much as he could a handful would send his kids to college regardless of what I said the jewelry was never going to go to him anyways so his actions were purely his own since none of it was destined to be his coincidentally my Dad was on his way with the lawyer to my grandparents' house to overlook everything, formality stuff. According to my dad's testimony, my cousin had three shoeboxes worth of grandma and grandpa's jewelry piled on the kitchen counter ready for loading into his car. My dad and the lawyer stood in the kitchen wondering why it was all there when my cousin walks in from my grandparents' bedroom with a fourth and final shoebox. The jig was up, and he put two and two together that I set him up, which was true. But there was no penalty against me exploiting my cousin's greed, so he would fuck himself over. It's worth noting that between the 18 years of my aunt's death and my grandparents' death, their wealth had increased several times over, so my cousin felt cheated and expected to receive just as much as my sister and I, despite receiving a half of his already and blowing it. Throughout this whole ideal, his younger sister, my other cousin, has had... Has not had a problem at all and is still weeping over grandpa's death like the rest of us. However, just like that, my cousin lost enough money in the course of thirty minutes that made him contemplate his sanity. Over greed. My cousin's bitch of a wife apparently filed for divorce a few weeks later. We haven't heard from him in nearly six years as he is all but disgraced now. You can call this a fairy tale ending and on this particular part of the story it's somewhat is. There was a massive lawsuit by an unknown family member involving the IRS and FBI later on, but honestly, I would rather have my grandparents. Leave comments if you want the other part of the story, but it's not really a revenge story. Like, that is hilarious. Like, You know your cousin's greedy. You know this is going to be a long kind of like day. It's it's a long process, especially to like lose a relative. So it's nice to just be able to go bleh. So let's go ahead and go on to our next story our next story is from the subreddit petty revenge posted by users stuck in a transporter and the title is sorry we sold it back in the 90s our landline phone number was one digit different from an auto repair workshop and i would frequently get calls from customers misdialing looking for this repairer no big deal i just let them know easy mistake maybe Have a laugh, M.P.S., but it was starting to become a bit of a pain. Monday, I got this call from some lady. I said hello. The first thing out of her mouth was, is my car ready yet? I've been waiting all day and have important things to do. This irritated me instantly with her rude attitude. So thinking quick, I asked her her name and said, I'll go find out. I put the phone down and went outside to have a smoke. And think about what to say. After a few minutes, I picked up the phone and informed her that I'd just spoken to the manager, and he told me that after a good bit of haggling, he managed to get two k for the car, and if she could come down this afternoon, he would have the cash for it. This, as you can imagine, went down like a lead balloon. She lost the plot big time, saying it was only in for repairs, calling us thieves and threatening to call the police and she would have us all arrested if her car wasn't there when she came to collect it when the taxi dropped her off. I said sorry, but it's not here. It was taken about an hour ago, and if she wanted to come down and have a chat to the manager, she was quite welcome to. Sorry, I have to go. We are very busy and hung up. I've always felt a little guilty for that poor manager, but would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when she turned up like this. One way of handling the phone, like, I remember I used to work at round one, an arcade. I used to work at an arcade, and hardly anyone answered the phone. I thought it was weird. I worked the food department, so I wasn't in charge of answering the phone, the bowling department was, but I had picked up the phone to answer it because I didn't have as much to do. It was ringing, and they made a big deal about us not picking up the phone. So, I picked it up before I was supposed to go in the kitchen and, like, clean dishes and this lady was hella rude, just instantly went off on me, and I barely said hello, and by the time I got her to calm down, she was yelling at me, like, how come you guys don't know what's on your website, or how any of your stuff works, so I'm just like, "A lady, I work in the kitchen, and this is my first time answering this phone today, and now I see why no one over here answers the phone, and pretty much hung up, because I was not about to deal her bullshit, and from what I'm hearing, that is, Kind of just, whew, It's a struggle, especially like when you have to work and deal with people all day. Especially like all something about the arcade. Everyone always freaks out about how high the prices are. Like, bitch, you're in an arcade in the mall. It's gonna be expensive. And like, I have a hell of stories from working at that damn arcade. But I will probably save those for and parents. But that phone calls thing just brought up all these memories. So we're going to go and continue on with our next story, which is from the Pro Revenge subreddit, posted by user Evil EvilTestMacker. The results of my yard work. I posted this in another subreddit, but it was suggested I also try it here. So here it is. First, let me say that I'm not 100% certain this is Pro Revenge because I don't necessarily think of myself in that league. I live in a con- consolidated county, that means that the city and county governments merged some years back ostensibly to reduce administrative and infrastructure costs. This is important because services like fire, police, utilities, and trash pickup are now managed by former county officials and not the city officials. Many of these services are also much more inefficient and some services have been outsourced to private companies. My municipality outsourced trash and yard waste pickup a few years ago, and the two companies who now do those collections are woefully inadequate, and their services cost more than when the city or county did it. They both have similar sets of rules. What can be put out for collection take fewer steps, types of waste away and no longer come two days a week as the city once did, but now only come once a week. We're all paying more money for less service. Now that I have the background, now that the background is done, here's the story. I did some yard work over the course of a couple of weekends last summer, cutting some limbs, trimming some shrubbery, and cutting down a dead tree in my backyard. Knowing what the rules are for how much yard waste limbs, leaves and such can be put out, I bagged everything that was supposed to be bagged, filling up three of them, things like leaves and small clippings, weeds and such, the paper. Bags for yard waste from the big box home improvement stores are what they require, so I use those. I just fill them halfway so as to not make them too heavy for the waste collectors, even though there are no written height restrictions. However, if a bag is too full, they will knock it over to spill out the content so they then don't have to pick it up. I cut the larger limbs down to under four feet in length, or they wouldn't be picked up. Anything at all they can do to get out of picking something up, they will do. And they almost always leave a horrendous mess behind when they do pick things up. The pile put out for collection is not allowed to be any wider than 10 feet, nor any deeper or higher than 5 feet, nor may it contain any piece longer than 4 feet. All bags must be placed in a row, no more than 3 feet away from the limb pile. My pile was maybe 4 inches longer than the 10 feet, and only because the tiny ends of the limbs, smaller than a toothpick, hanging out of the pile. The pile was no higher than 3 feet, and no deeper than 4 feet. In other words, it fell within the size limits, except for a few twigs with leaves. I also had the three bags, each about half full of clippings and leaves, all lined up exactly as required, and about 2 feet away from the main pile. They were scheduled to come on a Tuesday, but when I got home from work that afternoon, it was all still there. There was a pre-printed notice on my door that my pickup exceeded the prescribed size limits, and the note said that I would be required to either pay a 250-oversized load fee or reduce the size of the pile by half to make it fit into the limit. This is where the revenge comes in. I thought you just hate fucking people like that. Like, th- this is your job and you're being complete and dick. Like, this is why, also why, like, I hate HOAs. I pretty much live in one and they fucking suck ass. So I understand, like, fucking stupid bullshit. I had to, the next two days off. So the next morning, bright and early, I got out the hedge trimmers, trimmed the ends of the piles back to exactly nine feet in length. After carefully laying those trim bits on top of the pile, I went to the backyard where the limbs I had not trimmed up the week before it was stacked for the following week's pile and found four long, barely straight limbs. I removed all the smaller limbs and leaves from these limbs, ending up with their four monetary straight poles, each about seven feet long. I marked one-foot intervals on each pole in fluorescent gl- orange paint and stuck them in the ground. Out of the curb out at the curve in the front yard, at the corners of a rectangle exactly 5 feet wide and 10 feet long. Got out the surveyor's tape, bright pink plastic tape used to mark property corners, and tied it on to and around the stakes at the height of 5 feet. This established a visual outline of the volume I was required to stay within. I made absolutely sure that everything in the pile was completely inside the poles and below 5 feet in height. This Required adding almost two thirds of the remaining pile in the backyard to the stack out front to bring it up to four feet six inches in width, four feet six inches in depth, and nine feet six inches in length, and no pieces longer than 46 inches. This pile was almost twice as much the material as before. This included some logs up to four inches in diameter, also each 46 inches long. The limit was five inches in diameter. All within the limits of five by five by ten, the waste company mandates. I carried each of the three bags of clippings to the backyard and filled each of them up as much as possible. Which, while still being able to fold over the tops and staple shut each bag, I also included eight to ten inch sections of the ends of larger limbs and added for added weight. The bags were now completely filled and weighed more than twice what they had before i had to use the hand truck to get them out to the curb they were so heavy oh and all the extra clippings i had generated filled up two more bags so the total is now five bags the company limit i then went inside called the company and very nicely asked if they come and pick up my yard waste since they had not done so on tuesday they agreed to send out a truck and crew and told me i would have to pay the fee Come on, then, I told them. They soon arrived, and it happened to be the same crew that normally comes to my neighborhood. I pulled a 25-foot Stanley tape measure from my pocket and asked them to measure the poles to confirm that the space was within the required limits. They did so, and agreed the pile was not oversized, and proceeded to spend the next two and a half hours manually loading it all onto their truck. Oh, and it took both of them to manhandle each of those bags into the back of the truck, too. I told them very nicely and with a smile that I, I knew what 10 feet was, pointed to the fence when it was marked with orange electrical tape, and thanked them for coming to pick up my yard waste. The two tra- tired, sweaty, waste disposal guys just groaned, got in their truck and drove off. There was no extra fee added to my bill for that month. Never has been since. <laughs> now, I know I got they got paid for their time, and I know that I had to do a lot of extra work on my day off, but since last July... I have had not once ever had them leave so much as a single leaf on the ground in front of my house. They had to actually do some work with me standing there in shorts, smiling and drinking cold Gatorade while they were sweating. Which I think, kudos to you, that shit is awesome. And those guys needed that kick, to be honest, because they weren't doing their fucking job for sure. And you, South Hill, made sure they did. So we're at like 20-something minutes in this recording. So we're gonna go ahead and end this episode this, no, burp, of the story nug here. Um go ahead and like and subscribe to get uh future Reddit videos. I mean, I'm an extra human, I'm not a robot I'm just reading random Reddit stuff. So that's cool. And go ahead and hit all the buttons. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, go ahead and rate it, follow it. It really helps with the algorithm. So, yeah, stay nice, stay healthy, and have a great day, guys. Bye-bye!